0: Good morning, Chag Chanukah Sameach. Today breakfast is sponsored by Nathan Stephen Bitesh in honor of the Kahal wishing the entire Kahal Hatzlacha. In this week's parashah we find a magnificent peace which happens only this week and not next week, okay? So I want you to listen to this. The Pasuk says, Yosef has become the king of all of Egypt. He realizes that uh, there's gonna be a famine, Paro puts him in charge, he starts uh, getting together all the food. And slowly but surely, the prophecy or the dream comes true. And every single thing that needs to happen in order for Yosef to go, come to power does. All the surrounding regions are also struck with the same problem. And they also don't have food. And suddenly, and the children of Israel, the Shabbatim, his brothers, they come to, uh, to get food from the land of Misraim. And Yosef is the one who's who's in charge. I can't believe, I always think about this moment. Could you imagine Yosef, sold, misunderstood, you get down to Egypt, you're living your life, you're thrown into a pit, you do everything yourself. You have no backing. you have no support system. And now, here you are king of the whole area. You're the savior as well of the area. You're sitting on your throne one Tuesday morning, All of a sudden, the doors of your throne room open. And who walks in? He didn't orchestrate this. Who walks in? The brothers, the ones that laughed at him, the ones that sold him. And all of a sudden, this is the moment. But he, he was a stranger to them. He acted like a stranger. They didn't get who he was. Why? As the Pasuk says, Yosef remembered. The dreams that he dreamed about how they were going to come down. And he remembered everything that happened up to this point. And Yosef says, All right, show's on. Here we go. <laughs> and he asks him questions Who are you? What are you doing here? You guys are spies. All of you are sketches. What are you talking about? You're not true. You've come to spy the land. And they, they're very, very afraid. All of this, what's the plan? What's Yosef's end game here? What's he trying to get done? It seems like, the Pasuk says, he wants to get his dreams to come to fruition. He wants him to bow to him. Number one, is that Yosef's endgame? That his brothers should bow to him? Now, one thing is, if you have a dream about it, and even if you think that maybe one day it's going to come true, Yosef needs to make sure that the dream is fulfilled. Do you ever have something called a self-fulfilling prophecy? Self-fulfilling prophecy is, imagine I have a nibuah that you know what, I'm going to punch you in the face. So now I come to you, and I'm like, oh, I had a dream about it. Punch you in the face. Look, you see, the prophecy came true. The prophecy didn't come true. You did. You just punched the guy in the face. Yosef had a dream they're going to bow to him. He has now the power to make them bow to him. So is that what the point here is? Force them to bow to you, and now the dream came true. That's what Yosef's trying to do. And what would he accomplished if that came true? Now what? And it's a very painful process. Look at what he does. He says, tell me your story. They tell him we have a father, we had a brother, he's no longer around, we have a younger brother. He says, okay, I'm going to give you food if you bring me a younger brother. Because I don't believe he exists. Then he puts Shimon in prison. You know the pain that he causes his family? And worse than that, I get him causing pain to his family. But you know the pain that he causes to the father that he loves? They come back and they said they put one of the kids in prison. And you know what? Not only that, he wants us to bring your other favorite son, Benjamin. The last one left to his mother. The father's crying. He says something. Again, just so you understand the depth of Tsar. Yosef is putting his father through. He says, I'd rather die than send Benjamin. If I lose him, why would I even want to live? You understand? What's Yosef doing? Just so that his dream should come true. The answer is very powerful. What happens? The brothers realizing that they have no choice, they bring Binyamin down. (laughs) Yosef, sitting in his throne room, all of a sudden, he lays eyes on, on his younger brother. And the pasuk says, as he lays eyes on his younger brother, he can't deal, it's too painful. Yosef, he's trying to hold himself back, but he can't. So what does he do? He goes, the pasuk says, into the other room and he's crying in the other room. He can't even look, he's so full of love for his younger brother. He's so full of pain from the whole story. He can't hold himself back. He needs to leave, he goes and he's crying. The Pasuk says, Vayir hat's panav, And he washes his face, and he comes back in, Vayit apek Yosef," And Yosef holds himself back. And he carries on with the charade. Rabotai, what Yosef is able to do here, when he cries in the other room, he holds himself back, he holds it. He cannot do it in the next week's parasha. In the next week's parasha, the pasuk says, he's no longer able to hold on to this, to this pain. He's no longer able to not cry himself. Next week. Next week, he can't hold himself back. He chucks everyone out of the room, because he can't even make it to the side room before bursting in tears. So he throws the Egyptians out that they shouldn't see him reveal himself to his brothers. And he tells them, I am Yosef, I am your brothers. The brothers pull away. He says, come close, vayikshu. And he shows them that it's him. He showed them he had a brit milah. And what does he do? As soon as he reveals himself to his brother, says the pasuk, vayipol Yosef, and Yosef falls. Bin he falls on the neck, on the shoulders of Binyamin, his brother. And he cries and he cries and he cries. Says Rashi, what does it mean? Why is he falling on the shoulders of Binyamin? What is this great crying about? And the Pasuk says something, sorry, Rashi says something that is actually chilling. <laughs> al He falls on the shoulders of Binyamin. V'yifk, and he cries. He cries al on the shoulders of his brother. Both shoulders. Rashi says, why both shoulders? Why couldn't he cry on one side? Because he was crying for two, for two bateh mikdash. Both of them would be in Binyamin's portion. Both of them would be destroyed. Now I have a question. I understand that you're crying. But if this is the reason why you're crying, why is he crying about the Beit HaMikdash now? What does this have to do with anything? Rabotai? you have to understand what Yosef was trying to do. Yosef's dream was a dream where it revealed that he as a brother was supposed to lead the brothers. Not that he was supposed to lord over them, not that he was supposed to be Ge'e or ba'al ga'avah. He wasn't supposed to be arrogant, he was supposed to be leader. When the brothers did what they did, they created a reality a reality of brothers living without brothers. They created in that moment the possibility of Galut, that brothers should be driven away from their home. Yosef says, there's one thing I could do to bring this all back together. I could force the brothers to choose between sticking by their brother, to stand up, to risk their lives, to save their brother, to stand once again by a brother, and to give everything for him. And if I could do that, I could fix the problem of brothers. I could fix the problem of Galut. The Jewish people will never have a problem of being driven away from the land of their fathers. The Beit HaMikdash will never be destroyed. But he needed to be able to be strong enough to pull off this game, to give them a chance to say, I'm holding one of your brothers. I'm now gonna hold Binyamin. What are you gonna do? Firstly, hold Shimon. And he sees, okay, they're going home, it's a son of Leah, no problem. I'm going to hold another son of Rachel. A son, a brother that's not exactly like you. A brother maybe that you have something against in your heart because his mother was the favorite over your mother. And now I want to see, how's it going to play out? Because if it plays out the right way, then the beta HaMikdash will be saved and the object, the concept of Galut, will be obliterated. Brother will once again be reunited, those bonds will have been refreshed. But Yosef is not strong enough. He can't do it. He can't bring himself to that level where he's too cruel to them in order to be able to set the stage. Which indicates that if he was able to hold himself back, he would have. And his first thing then is, now that he's not been able to do it, and he falls broken on the shoulders of his brother. He cries for two Mikdash that are now gonna be ruined because he's unable to be able to pull this off. So I once shared this devout Torah and someone said, Rabbi, couldn't Yosef hold on? Could you imagine if only we'd have been able to fix this problem? And the answer, Rabbi to me is quite illuminating. If Yosef would have been able to do this to his brothers and the brothers would have stood up for Binyamin and they would have eradicated the hatred and the animosity between one brother and another. I don't know whether Yosef doing it in this way would have not just created another chasm. If he was capable of being so cruel to them, even to not cry, even to not break down, then now the brother that was rejecting and causing divisions between brother and brother would have not been them to him, it would have been through his cruelty him to them. So we're found in an impossible paradox where what it would have taken in order to eliminate Sinat Chinam is Sinat Chinam. And suddenly, this opportunity for Teshubah <coughs> is passed by. Rabbi Tari, Rabbi Miller today said in the Halakha that there are cases where people are unable to light their own candles. Because there's a safek in Halakha, or if you're a bar mitzv- if you're a yeshiva boy and you're in somebody's house and your father's lighting for you back home, Khamuvadiyah says the halakha is that you could be mishtatef. You give an extra dollar and you now are a part of the other person's shemen. And I always think to myself, when this person lights now and he's lighting for both of us, does anyone feel any animosity? Or, you know what, this guy is lighting. How come I'm not lighting? We're both lighting at the same time. It's both of our oil. And I thought to myself, on this holiday, if only we could be zocheh where we beat back the idea of galut where the eight armies of the Yevanim were fighting against us and we were able to, for one moment, come together, band together and light the, the Nerot Chanukah together. Mm-hmm. Where there wasn't different menorot. Am Yisrael was all Yotzei de Hayuv together as one people. And when someone else achieves and they accomplish and those things which so often lead to jealousy and hatred and division and difference, we should be to recognize that we are a nation that dwells alone, but we dwell alone. Together. Amen. Rabotai, we should be b'ezat Hashem to see nisim v'niflaot in our personal, amen. in our national lives. And b'ezat Hashem to once again light the, Mikda, the menorah and the Beit HaMikdash HaShlishi with the coming of Mashiach b'mhera Amen. Yes, amen.